Are you ready? A shot of wrestling. Episode 298. And wait, we go. Is that the message you got? We about to go live, but you're ready to rock. So take a shot. Oh, so take a shot. Oh, yeah. I'm a street breaker. I'm a heartbreaker. This is my door. I'm a mold breaker. Strict plan, nature boy. About to seek and destroy. It's an SOW. Let me hear you make noise. Take a shot, boy. Is that the message you got? We about to go live, but you're ready to rock. So take a shot. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 298 of A Shot of Wrestling. Two episodes away from episode 300, and I hope my co-host will be there for that big monumental event. Hell, I hope he's here by the end of the show, because we are officially on Baby Watch. Mark Schwann, how you feeling, dad-to-be? Oh, my God, dude. TikTok, right? TikTok? Any minute now. TikTok. TikTok. Dude, my whole life is going to change. Yep. And uh, I think right now we're we're starting to search for uh, a new co-host, right? <laughs> until uh, until I come back. <laughs> oh, nice save there. Until you come back, I like how you saved that at the end. I am coming back. Okay. Yeah, Green Man said the same this thing. It took, it, it took him two years, but okay. Again, again, I'm not Green Man. Mm-hmm. I'm not Green Man. So, mm-hmm. but uh, you know, let's let's stop bickering here because we do have company with us, an actual old high school buddy of mine who's done some work in the wrestling world. Let's give it up. For West Dyson native, Henry Beckman. What's up, my man? Hello, hello. How's it going? <laughs> doing well, man. Doing well. Is he here uh, having a baby soon? So nothing new. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's uh, it's definitely a big change. I'll tell you that. So be prepared. But yeah, I yeah. will say I maybe it'll help family? out. Maybe it'll help out. There will be some sleepless nights that he could maybe join the podcast. So, mm. you oh, know. <laughs> you hear that, buddy? You hear that? There's a chance. Okay. I, I it's a slight chance, but there's a back. chance. <laughs> so you're telling me there's a chance. Yeah! I can't tell if, like, you're hoping for me to be gone or if, like, you're worried that I'm going to be gone. I, I really can't tell. Henry Beckman, so you knew, you knew Mark Schwann in college, huh? Uh, high school. Before right? that. High school, eh? Before that. Before that. <laughs> middle school, right? Middle school, really? Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Weren't we supposed to meet like at, a, at the flagpole like three o'clock one of those days, and it just didn't happen? <laughs> nah, we, I wouldn't do that to you, or you wouldn't do that to me. We were on good terms with each other, so. <laughs> oh man, it was probably before or after Schwan song. I don't know, but yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we'll get into that at another point. Henry, uh, thank you for joining us, dude. So, um, you, I had no idea about this. Uh, you know, you until you were messaging me like you. A part of um, what? What we you said he had some sort of part in WWE and AEW uh, stagehand was it? Yes. So um, there, I'm in part of you know two venues, or it's mainly locals. So there's local one, which is for majority union, uh, majority of the New York. Primarily, if we're talking about arenas, we're talking about Madison Square Garden and the new UBS Arena. There's also local four, which is part of mainly the Barclays Center. So I've done both of those locations. I've done multiple, you know, WWE events at those locations, um, as well as the new arena. And I've also seen, I can tell you personally, 
at the UBS arena, the difference of, you know, sales between the two venues too, or the two companies, as you say. Um, Ooh, interesting. We could, can, can, we could, can we get the lowdown for that? Yeah, we could definitely talk about that. It's, and, you know, I can't tell you numbers, figures or anything, but I could tell you, you know, from seeing the seats and everything. So recently, what was it? Uh, November, December, I want to say, was their last time they came around. Who's that, it AEW was, or WWE? Both of them. So both of them. It was the, right around the same time. Yeah, we yeah, yeah. so <laughs> AEW wasn't, no, WWE did the Survivor Series weekend in Barclays. Yes. And then I'll be honest, it was a short turn turnaround to go to the new arena, but they were trying to go into the new arena before AEW. And when they went to the new arena, that most of the top seats were blacked out. You can't see this because, you know, TV, you're mainly seeing, you know, the lower bowl and all those seats. But when you saw the top bowl, you know, curtained off, you know, it doesn't look like for good ticket sales. And I'm sure if in New York area you saw at that time, it was like buy one ticket, get a nut ticket free. And there was like buy one ticket, get two tickets free. They were trying to give away tickets. It, it, that was for WWE. That was WWE. And then I, when, I, yep, good. I, yeah, no, I, I, this has been a quite, uh, for years, we've been hearing stuff about this WWE. Uh, you see like fans taking photos of like, you know, that's those spots, those empty spots uh, in the exactly. stands. I have to say the one and only show I've been to AEW was in Arthur Ashe Stadium. Okay. That, that place was like legit. Yeah, that was 18,000 sold out. It was, uh, I was there too. It was an experience. It definitely was, an experience uh, i was glad it was indoors and you know the the the, the roof was closed so you know because you never know what that weather could be but yeah it was definitely a show and who knows we've heard you know when you were there they were talking about trying to come back who knows when you know but with that seem- said, with with AEW, yep, yep. like you know it, it was it was a fantastic crowd man and, and oh, uh, yeah. a great show all around <laughs> But uh, then they went back to they came back to Long Island UBS Arena. Uh, I think it was a month or two after that. So how was that crowd in comparison? So when that crowd came, it was like a week or two also after WWE came to UBS, and the upper seats were open, and they literally sold more seats than WWE. Wow! When you're looking at the two, hear that, and buddy? Yeah, I heard that. Looking at the calendar, we're going to see this again. Because, what was it, May 6th or May 7th? It's the Friday. SmackDown's coming to the Coliseum. The following week on Wednesday, AEW's going to UBS. That is so. definitely fascinating. Um, is this, could this be part of the reason why, too? Like, sometimes like, I'll listen in on SmackDown, right, uh, for example, and it does seem like they're still piping in the noise like they did at the Thunderdome. Uh, is that part of the reason why? Because they're not packing out the seats? I could tell you this, you know, it, not even WWE. When I, I actually bought tickets for AEW and I sat in UBS, and I've also bought tickets and sat in for WWE. When you sit there live, you know, the entrance music isn't that loud. Like, it's the microphone could be louder. And what they're doing is, you know, they're trying to sell towards a TV audience. Like, mm-hmm. when we were at Arthur Ashe, Arthur Ashe, you know, that stuff was pumping. It was like, you know, oh yeah, Doug, a totally. rock concert pretty much. <laughs> like, you know, they pumped amazing. that volume for that arena. Yeah. <laughs> so, but yeah, their primary audience is TV. So they're looking to get their direct feed to, you know, get that stuff out there. Um, 
and you know it's still an experience for being in the crowd but their main number one sell is you know how it sounds on tv so for those that uh don't really know like the industry that well or uh you know terms like you know you said you were a stagehand uh yep. for wwe and aw what does that exactly entail like what was your uh what was your responsibility doing that so it depends on what department and role that you're in i can tell you for a wwe day i'll personally it's brutal <laughs> like it's a brutal day the people that are you know hanging stuff up in the you know, in the roof or the beams, they're coming in at 6 a.m. Sometimes yeah, 5 a.m. Right. <laughs> 5 a.m., yep, to set it up. And, you know, they're pulling stuff up. And by 8 o'clock, most of the stuff, most of the motors are hung and everybody's there by 8 a.m. And we will go from 8 to 4 p.m. setting up everything, whether it be, you know, the monitors, you know, the video screens now it's a huge video screen i will tell you you know pre-pandemic the worst thing for smackdown was those you know silver things on the ramp where it looked like you know they were like coming out like that 3d thing yeah oh i know what you're talking about those things weighed a ton and they were a pain to set up and the most ultimate pain to set up for wwe the wrestlemania sign yeah, I can imagine that one. <laughs> yes, that's surprising. That whole, that whole WrestleMania sign is one tractor trailer for itself. That's how wow. big it is. When you when you saw it go on fire, uh, was it the other month? Was, was it Royal Rumble? Yeah. <laughs> what, what was your What was your immediate reaction to that? <laughs> uh, more than likely, you know, there was a, a cut with the cable, a short with a cable, you know, something like that. And it was like, okay, yeah, it's something that's temporary. It's you know. A temporary fixture for like two months. It's not like one of the main staples part of like the stage, you know, the the speakers, anything like that. So there's a good chance for it to possibly happen. So what's experience like working with WWE versus AEW? Is it pretty much the same thing or is it a different type of environment? I could tell you for AEW, some of the, however you want to call it, the tour guys, the roadies, whatever you want to call them, they're on the more newer side. Because, you know, when they first started, it was pandemic. They were in Jacksonville. And, you know, once it finally came out, like they started touring, you know, and they're getting used to things. WWE is a well-oiled machine. A lot of the times, the guys that are in charge are either, it's like split crews. You know, people that work majority of the year will leave and work summer concerts with artists. And then the, the guys that, you know, work during the summer are you know year round you know year round uh going around with concerts and stuff and most of them are country too so like the the head sound guy for majority of the year he works with uh luke bryan he's a head he's the head guy for luke bryan and you know when it comes summertime luke comes calling he leaves wwe yeah he goes and does luke bryan and once he's done he comes back to wwe so it sounds kind of similar to um yeah, you know, I've worked quite a few different sets before. You know, it was Law and Order, Blue Bloods, they're a well-oiled machine. They've been in business for a long time. So like, exactly. the crew, they know what to do. But then, like, you know, come the offseason, they'll work on, like, these indie projects or whatever. Um, and then, you know, you have, like, some of the newer shows. It's a fresh crew. Exactly. And uh, <laughs> it, it's not as well-run. Like, you, dude, I've been on some Netflix shows where – You'd be surprised that was a Netflix show. I'll tell you that. <laughs> yeah, 
<laughs> I'll be honest, you know, New York's a New York's an animal. <laughs> like, you know, it is compared to, you know, other states, you know, everyone knows what they're doing. They want to know what's next and they want to get it done. But yeah, um, I'll speak from the Barclays versus UBS, specifically WWE. I don't know if you've heard about it, but in the Barclays, they have a one million dollar turntable where no, tractor trailers, yeah, tractor trailers, you know, drive in on the street. They drive into elevators. There's two elevators. It gets lowered down. They drive out on this turntable, and the turntable turns, and then the tractor trailer backs into its spot. That's pretty cool, actually. Really cool. If an elevator or that turntable breaks down, you're done for the night. Like, because you're talking about WWE. They have like easily 18 to 22 tractor trailers. That thing oh, breaks sure. down, you're there till, you know, a long time. But uh, a normal breakdown of the show of WWE will start at, you know, 11 15, 11 30, if there's, you know, an aftermatch, whatever the case may be. In Brooklyn, you're easily getting out at 5 a.m. Wow. Oh, so, <laughs> I want to know that. It's crazy. That's rough. Yeah. So if you're doing, you know, setting up and breaking it down, a normal person, you're starting at 8, you're done at 4, you have to be back for 11 o'clock at night, and you're there till 5 a.m. That is rough. Yes. <laughs> that is a rough time. I thought I had a bad sometimes. So shit, man. That yeah. ain't nothing. I was going to say, the wrestlers, the, the wrestlers come in early, too. Like, they're there 12, 1 o'clock, and, you know, they have to be there till the end of the show. So, it just yeah. changes. So <laughs> with, with talent, though, I mean, it's a lot of hurry up and wait. I, in, in, yes. in, any, in any type of setting, it's just like, you have to be here at a certain time, and then next, you know, like, your call time. Exactly. Your real time, like, to be ready is not to, like, hours. So yeah. <laughs> Some guys are used to it. You know, I've met a couple of them, you know. And they're cool either, you know, if they're a heel, face, whatever the case may be, you know, they're uh, some, some would be surprising to you. So, oh, yeah, no, for sure. It's true saying some of the biggest heels are the biggest faces in real life. And some of the faces, the biggest faces you'll see are the biggest heels in real life. That's yep. a fact, Jack. Buddy, <laughs> you have any questions for my boy here? I did have a couple, but you asked them already. So thanks for reading my mind. <laughs> you want to know the I, best, I, I, you know? Real life heel, since we're talking about it, and uh, one of the best baby faces. Go ahead. I'm intrigued, buddy. <laughs> it's your show, buddy. I, I, I just took over. <laughs> yeah. What else to do? Go ahead. We're not here to take part. We're here to take over. All right. <laughs> but the uh, best baby face, I'll give you two: Finn Balor nice. and AJ Styles. That's believable. Actually, I'm actually a little surprised by AJ Styles being the biggest baby face. Really? Yeah, not to not say afraid. that he's a dick, but. Yeah, he's not afraid to come over, say hi, check out, like, check, see how's it going. You know, as soon as he comes off, he's got to put that bulldog hat on. But yeah. you know, what it is it's that <laughs> it's that indie background though. Like he's he's been in every single type of arena, from bingo halls, you name it. Uh, you know, respect is a goes a very long way in the back in the locker room. So uh, you know, I'm actually not surprised. You know, now that now that I'm thinking all the way through, okay, that does make sense. All right, biggest heels, biggest heel. He's currently a heel and has a TV show. You want to take Miz? a guess with those two? Huh? The Miz? Yes. Biggest heel, really? He seems like such a nice guy. Biggest heel. <laughs> no, not the Miz. <laughs> to the Miz, yep. <laughs> what happened? 
he's just like you know i guess because you know he's been in wwe so long he's like you know yeah he's, i'm he's here whatever time. you know you know we're we're putting in the hours to put on the show for him and he's just like you know excuse me don't look at me i'm like i'm sorry you know i don't care about you it's fine <laughs> he said don't look at me <laughs> yeah that's great damn that's great i love it wow <laughs> I'm like, I'm really surprised by that one. Yeah. Oh wow. Oh, you gotta live, you gotta live the heel lifestyle, my friend. You gotta live the heels lifestyle. It's perfect. He's living his character. It's great. Oh yeah. Uh, heel, uh, girl, heel persona comes off as a natural persona fan. I expect I expect <laughs> MJF to be the same way. So he's they're living their character off screen, which is no. You MJF M- is a super nice guy. Is he? I am. Yeah, shocked. I've heard yes. about MJF actually. I've heard, I met him a couple times, and he's been a dick. Maybe it's just me. Well, that's just probably you no know, persona, whatever. But you yeah, know, buddy, you just got that face, though, man. I I, I instantly turn to a dick when I see you. In, in fact, I got a great story about the UBS last UBS show says. with uh, MJF. What's so that? quickly, he came out with uh, his Plainview jacket. Yes, his varsity yes. football jacket. Yes, and you know, a couple of guys are standing there. He's like, like who, who, like, like who are these real wrestlers? He's like, he's like, he's like, you don't look like a wrestler to me. He's like excuse me he's like he's like you know you're five foot eight you know with regular street clothes on you don't look like a wrestler and he got so mad about it he's like it just got him going and then all of a sudden you know when he went out there and you know belmont he was super pumped because it was his crowd but it was like he had to turn the other way dude man yeah that was um that was one hell of a promo i'll never forget that one but uh, henry thank you so much for sharing your experience with us yeah anytime. Um, with that, man, after you you, you, you kind of stunned me there about the Miz, I think time to go into what's trending. Mark, now please, it's my time to take back my control of the show, please. Mark, what's trending this week? All right. So Tony Khan has been making a lot of waves on the Twitterverse again. Uh, ringside News at Ringside News underscore. Uh, Tony Khan has a massive announcement in store for fans next week on AW Dynamite. Do you think he's figured out what it is yet? Nice play on over there. Uh, uh, there's a lot of speculation of what this announcement could be. And Melissa at Melissa X one one two five. Tony Khan has a huge announcement next Wednesday. Last time was the ROH deal. What's next? Streaming? Question mark? Question mark? Could be a possibility there, man. I mean, what do you think about this? Do you, do you think it's finally time that AEW is going to have a streaming service? Is that the announcement it's going to be, or is it going to be a talent? Uh, is it going to be something completely different? From what I heard, the whole HBO streaming deal was rumored when he announced the ROH thing, which I've heard a peep since. Came out this week, last week. They're going to be streaming on the New Japan site. They're going to be streaming together. Right. So there's a streaming deal in place. If that's his announcement, it's been leaked, it's going to be a disappointment. From what I heard, it might be a co-show with New Japan. Like a show show. I'm like, okay, that'd be cool. But like, he's a huge announcement every other week. Exactly. People get hyped up with these announcements when, when they hear Tony Khan amp this up. I mean, he, he, he's almost kind of making him sound like a carny at this point. I hate to say it. And I, I'm, a, I'm a Tony Khan guy. Uh, you know, people were speculating, is this a signing? Is it a signing? Is it Bray Wyatt finally? Is it someone else? Or is it going to be a streaming deal, which I think people are clamoring for? I, I myself would, pretty, would be pretty jazzed up about that. But no, it does seem to be that if this is true, it could be some sort of uh, show here with New Japan and AEW, which would be cool, but that's not necessarily, like I guess, like the announcement that people would love. 
Henry, what do you think about this? Is Tony Khan overdoing this with this huge announcements pretty much every week? I don't want to be Keith Lee again. (laughs) Don't be like a huge announcement, Keith Lee, and then all of a sudden, you know, we all heard, you know, got in contact with Jay White on a Sunday to hopefully have him show up. I want to give another idea, which, you know, maybe entice me, but still not huge announcement. Get rid of Rampage and give us a two-hour Ring of Honor show on the main network. Ooh. Ooh, Putty, what do you think about that idea? Do you think that would be enough to break, make some waves? It would, but do you want two huge announcements back-to-back back about Ring of Honor? I mean, Ring it of was, Honor is a big deal. No, I'm not saying I mean, it's not, like, but I'm saying back-to-back would back be Ring of Honor stuff. I think the AW fans want to hear about AW. Ring of Honor, I mean, I mean I would not, I'm, not, I'm not opposed to getting Ring of, rid of Rampage. To me, it's just it's the Sunday Night Heat of... AW. It's not though. It's not the Sunday night. It's, it's coming. Like, it's, it's becoming to, that. It wasn't eventually. I thought that would be when it first started out, but they did a great job. The match of, tonight. They did a great job of not making it like that. What about the match with Hangman and uh, and Adam Cole? That was a sick match. It was live, right? It was live. Yeah, great. But when Rampage or, is live, it's fine. When it's pre-taped after AEW, like everyone knows, it's just fucking Sunday night heat. It is. It is. <laughs> But when they do it right. live, I'll, when they do it live, do it's that. great. When they do it live, the big things happen, and that's what you want. If you, big things are going to happen on on Rampage, make it live. So would it be any different than if ROH, for example, was pre-taped? If they just changed it to AW Rampage to ROH, it's all pre-taped. Would that make a difference at all? Would it be the same old crap? Do you think then maybe they should just continue going forth? 7 o'clock, Fridays for an hour, and it's live? Hmm. Good question. I don't know. I, we'll, we'll see how the rating numbers pull in. Because it's 7 o'clock. I forgot it was on tonight sure. at 7 o'clock. I didn't see it tonight. It was 7.45. I was watching something else. I saw my light on my DVR on. Like, what the fuck am I recording at 7 o'clock? Oh, shit. Rampage is on. And tomorrow, on Battle of Belts, you got Gresham versus Dalton Castle for the yeah. Ring, of, Ring of Honor. Which is Okay. So, good point, Henry. I, I think with the talent there with ROH... You know, they, they do have to have something with ROH. They, they do have to have their own standalone show. I mean, they have... This is probably the biggest budget ROH has ever had in their lives. They probably even imagined of uh, with the Tony Khan's payroll. So I don't know. I really hope that the announcement isn't this, you know, this crossover show, if you will. I don't think that's enough to like make people like hyped. You know, at this point, Tony Khan's going to start looking like the boy who cried wolf. It's but not. I guess it's not a talent will... signing because all the big talent signings have been. It's definitely not a talent. Magically not appearing, a talent and I think it's better that way. It's, it's not a talent signing. Uh, that's for sure. Yeah. Um. Moving on here, though, we're going to find out Wednesday what Tony Khan's announcement is going to be. Uh, Alexa Bliss was training quite a bit. Uh, people love Alexa Bliss. Uh, let's put that out there. And it seems like WWE might be on that wave as well. Uh, according to Russell Pierce at Russell Pierce for Raw, the top female baby faces are currently listed as Bianca Belair, Alexa Bliss, and Rhea Ripley in that order. Uh, on the heel side, Becky Lynch, Carmella, and Zelina are cited as the top heels. Uh, that's according to PW Insider. Uh, it was to, the quoted source from there. Uh, some fans definitely took the, uh, some note here. Uh, Tom Colohue, I think I have that name right, at Colohue. Alexa Bliss is due back shortly and after a wedding in which she was treated like an absolute superstar. Don't expect the WWE to be de- treating her any different. Alexa Bliss, I have to say, man, whenever she's on the show, she always gets a pop. If you notice what happened on Raw when Sonya Deville was just going through a list of names of potential opponents for Bianca Blair, the only one that really got the pop was when Alexa Bliss was mentioned. She, I feel like she's been utilized poorly here at WWE. What do you think is in store for her? I mean, is she, is she really the number two face, or do you think she could surpass Bianca Blair as the number one? 
She's number two. With the way they're pushing Bianca Belair, Belair to the moon, she's champion. The whole company's behind her. She's definitely the number one babyface. Alexa Bliss, again, I think I said this a couple months ago on the show. I don't know, do not know what the point of those therapy sessions were to bring her back for the Elimination Chamber and her to disappear. These right, these uh, these vignettes could be airing now while she's on her honeymoon, mm-hmm. and she comes back, boom, Alexa Bliss. I feel like we got that start yeah, and that- stop. Like, oh, now do we get vignettes again? Does she magically appear? Based on those vignettes, she definitely was portrayed as a face, and she was definitely getting face reactions with her partnership with Bray Wyatt, if you will. So I'm surprised. Oh, totally, but she's number two. If, like, if you look at that that Elimination Chamber match, though, when it was the final two was Alexa Bliss and Bianca Belair, though, yeah. it was a split crowd. Yeah, of course, because those are the top two females, face females anyway, in the uh, on the Raw roster, if not the entire company. That's what. That's why I'm thinking. Like, and plus, Bianca, uh, Alexa Bliss is. I mean, when we when we last looked at the numbers, the merch numbers, she was by far the best selling uh, merch pusher on the roster in the current roster. I don't know if you watched like, the, um, the. I don't cut, cut real quick. The the pre shows, the two hour pre shows of WrestleMania. Randomly, they would throw to uh, Matt Camp in the crowd, and there was at least two, maybe three girls with the Lily doll. So the Lily doll is still a hot uh, seller to the day. I'm like, so based Time on out. actually, Putty, I just I just realized something. You asked me for my address uh, the other day for show. Yeah, you didn't get my daughter Lily doll, did you? I have to ask. <laughs> Why did I spoil the surprise? You got her Lily doll. Do, do, you, you, her Lily do, do doll. you honestly really want to know? No, I, I, I'll, I I'll go- find out. I was going to get her the Lily doll. It was too expensive, so I got her on clearance. They were selling the Charlie doll, the, the Charlotte Flair doll. So I got her that. I because... knew it was a long. Uh, I'm not. I'm not completely wrong then. <laughs> because uh, it was on clearance. It was like five bucks. I'm like, Mark Schwann wouldn't spend money on me, so let me spend the little. I have ten. spent money on you, douche. <laughs> so, but no, I appreciate Charles the Charlie doll. It's pretty funny. I was not far off for the record here. Uh, it's, it's not the Charlie doll. Switching I, I, back. I, thought about, I thought about it though. Oh my god! So I'm okay. You're totally. So off. I guess I'm gonna find out soon enough. You're totally wrong. All right. Okay. Uh, Henry, so what do you make of this? Alexa Bliss, man, do you think that she could surpass Bianca Blair as the number one face in the Raw women's roster? First question is, which Alexa Bliss is coming back? That's the first question, you know. I think they have no oh. choice but to go back with like, the same that we've been seeing, like the... The, the, the Wyatt like, gimmick? The Wyatt gimmick. It's been working. It's a this seller. Bliss. I, was, I thought it was going to be the, the therapy was going to bring back the goddess, but basically we saw with the Elimination Chamber... It's the Twisted Bliss character. The, twi- the Twisted Bliss character. It makes sense because she's over as opposed to I mean, as, a, as, a, as a face. The goddess never going to be over as a face. I mean, here's the thing. According to Alexa, Alexa are the goat at Alexa the goat. Uh, interesting Twitter handle. Uh, so WWE does value Alexa Bliss. But why is Rhea listed a uh, face if she's turning heel? Good point here. Uh, Rhea Ripley is listed number three face. But she's going to turn on Liv Morgan here at some point. That's what it looks like. So if, that's why to answer your question, Henry, if Rhea Ripley's going to be turning heel, Alexa Bliss is a goddess. I don't think it would necessarily make sense if they're going to keep her as a face. Then who takes the third spot? Mm, Liv Morgan? It's a possibility. But then, you know, Liv Morgan and Alexa look similar. You can't put, you know, them two and three. I just feel like with a real... With a Rhea Ripley heel turn, giving Rhea and Liv a good storyline that's not for the title. Liv Morgan's was getting a push under Becky Lynch. 
uh, I think that would definitely catapult her up to number three, whether a similar look or not. Would it not? It could. I could even think, you know, they try to push a new person like the, uh, was it Raquel Gonzalez or her new name uh, as Raquel a possibility. But she's on SmackDown. So, wait, it's, are we up for a draft soon or no? Do you it's usually, around that time. It's usually around October, but they just had one. I think lately they've been doing it every two years. So, we'll see. In okay. Summertime. sometimes they usually announce it. Okay. So, who knows, mate? Could be someone new. I mean, they, it looks like they've been doing call-ups like pretty much every other week now. Um, the, the, the entire crowd, based on her not rivalry, I guess storyline with Becky Lynch, the crowd loves Liv Morgan. Totally. And based on what totally. we're seeing she's lately, she's got one of the most followers on yeah. social media too. Everyone loves her, and what I've seen again, going back to the pre-shows, people are talking about it. Everyone's talking about Liv Morgan. So if she's going to be number three, I mean, she does look similar, but the crowd's behind her, and the crowd wants her the same way they wanted Bianca Belair. So I don't, I wouldn't be surprised if she moved into that number third slot. Is Liv Morgan ready for that? That's another question. I, I can't help but ask that question. You guys going to move on, but... You asked me that same question during her match with Becky Lynch, if she's ready to win the title. I said, no. For number three spot, the way the crowd's reacting to her, I said, yeah, slow burn that one. I feel like I was getting behind Liv Morgan a lot during the Becky Lynch storyline. Becky yeah. Lynch really helped catapult Liv Morgan to a different level. I feel like since the storyline, she's taken a step back, if you will. I, I'm not remember my knock on Bailey. I wasn't necessarily seeing the consistency with her, and then eventually she found it. I mean, I know Liv Morgan's still young, but I feel like she's kind of inconsistent as well. She, when she knocks it out of the park, she does it, uh, but then she kind of could easily fade into the background every now and then. Here's a storyline for you everyone that's ever been with Alexa Bliss always gets taken away or turns on her. So she decides to step up and do it by herself. Hmm. Or are we all being swerved? Is Alexa Bliss really going to be the one joining Edge's stable? No. <laughs> I, don't see the, I don't see the fit there. Rhea Ripley does make the most sense, right? Yeah. For that, I think the three of us agree. Rhea Ripley is definitely turning. Definitely. Uh, it's it's going to the building, yeah. But moving on here, Putty, you're going to love this one. It's okay. another NXT call-up. Can't wait. <laughs> love me some NXT call-ups. Can't wait. Chan Man at Chan Dran the Man. Damn. LA Knight managed Mace tonight in a dark match before SmackDown. Looks like it's happening. I uh, didn't see a photo here. I beast I beastless. LA Knight is finished. Showing LA Knight in a suit uh with the mic, it looks like uh as a manager. Looks like LA Knight is a manager, guys. Kev Castle, yeah, that guy. Kev Z Kev Z Castle. Uh, took an alternate alternate route here because a lot of people were bashing this, saying LA Knight is, uh, is a manager, that can't be a thing, blah, 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 uh, just trashing this. Kev Castle kind of veers the other way here. Looks like LA Knight will be a manager slash wrestler. First guy in his stable is Mace, who I want to see WWE do something better with. This could be it. Word is it will be like an old Roddy Piper deal when Piper was a wrestler manager in 84 to 85. If anyone could pull it off, it's night. Putty, I'm going to start with you, man. I want to hear what you have to think. Uh, we have to say about this because I know you're an LA Knight guy. I know you're an NXT guy. And Damn I right. know you're a WWE guy through and through. What do you make of this? LA Knight as a manager for Mace. That is going to be his official call up here in WWE. Um, do you have any napkins to wipe up the tears of these fucking haters? Oh, I do it. Fantastic. We talk about. LA Knight is 39 years old. Obviously, we're still in NXT. He can still go. He can still deliver. 
managers are a lost art form in WWE. They're going to bring them back. You're going to follow the mold of what M- MVP, I felt like, bring, is bringing it back. MVP has done a great job with Bobby Lashley. Hopefully, he does a great job with almost. If anybody can, it's going to be MVP. LA Knight is the best talker, if not top three, in the company. If you're going to make anybody a manager, it's going to be L. A night. Not only could he win the crowd over with his charisma, he could put somebody over. That's if that's his name on the main roster. We don't know if that's definitely going to be his name still on the main roster, by the way. Okay. But it has to be that three syllable thing. Does it? Pairing with yeah, of course it has to be. It could be a completely different character. It could be a completely different character. You don't know. Uh can we pause? Can we let's take a time out? Yeah. Uh Mark, your uh your hater rate is empty. Wanna go refill it real quick? No, I'm good. It's oh, filled no, up. Really? Oh, okay. It seems like it was empty to me. You've been chugging it all the fucking five minutes. Uh, LA Knight, there's, there's absolutely no reason to hate this. LA Knight is a great in-ring wrestler, great in-ring performer, but he's also great on the mic. Mace was a good wrestler. Then he was given this retribution angle, and then he got lost in the shuffle here. So I was surprised to see them paired together, but I am really excited about this. I'm happy to see LA Knight in the main really roster. Really excited? Yeah. Wow. How to see LA Knight in the main roster? Happy to That's see him paired with somebody who needs a manager, as in Mace, whatever his new name is going to be. I would only probably agree with there. Okay. Uh, but yeah. Again, why am I going to hate something when I haven't seen it yet? Stop fucking hating just to hate AW fucking marks. Okay. Okay. So, Elliot right. on the main roster, I'm all in on this. Let me see what I can happen. If it sucks, I'll be the first person to say it sucks. But based on what I know about Eli Drake, LA Knight, it's not going to suck. So, I have about a quarter's worth of input to go along with this. But you have two minutes. I'm going to pause on that. Henry, I'd like to hear your point of view on this. It's a wait and see approach. Thank you, Henry. Okay. You're welcome. I will say on this note, I do have to step away, and it's been a pleasure, and I'll be listening to the rest to see what happens after this. Thanks for your time. Hope you come back soon. Appreciate your input. Definitely. Henry, anytime. thank you very much, man. You're more than welcome, yeah. uh, welcome back anytime, uh, especially when I'm not around. <laughs> <laughs> Preferably, I prefer, prefer that. We can, we can make that work. Out. We'll see how it goes. Great. Well, it's been a pleasure, guys. Be good, man. Take care. All right, so Putty... I am not in agreement with you, obviously. Wow, uh, really? Uh, <laughs> hate on it Here's some more, thing. please. Hate. The, G- feed me your the hate. One thing, the, the one thing I agree with you on is the fact that if Mace is going to be called up, or, or I mean, Mace is already called up, but I guess he's just being repackaged in a way. Uh, yes, he would absolutely need a mouthpiece. Fine, so be it. But L.A. Knight, right? Uh, you mentioned his, his age, 39. There are plenty of wrestlers that are still active very active that are older than he is name three i i don't know name three yeah bobby Roode. okay dolph ziggler okay randy orton great well established in the main roster ellie knight's not fine so be it so be it but ellie knight has proven that he still go he's he's worked with the younger people here man like the, if he's regulated just, just to manage the role i think that's a waste personally i think that's a waste i think that would just be ellie knight collecting his paycheck until he's ready to bounce but here's the thing. If he is in that hybrid role, like Sami Zayn was uh, in a hybrid role like that not too long ago, then maybe it could work. I'm curious to see what the name changes. It looks like it's going to be a different character, the way his hair was styled and everything. It looks like it's going to be a completely different character. Uh, I'm, I'm curious to see more about it to make a full judgment on it. But off what I'm seeing and what, off the premise of like what I've seen WWE done with these NXT call-ups, I don't have a lot of faith. Yeah, it seems seems your your mind's made up already. But I'm going to sit back, relax, and and enjoy this. I'm excited to see what he can do. If it's a new name change, I want to say I don't see that happening, but (laughs) I wouldn't be surprised if it was either. But if anybody's going to be a manager, they're going to follow the MVP format of the last three years. LA Knight's a great, great 
uh, candidate to do that. Was he injured recently or no? That was uh, that's what I was meaning to ask you. Not that I'm aware of. Okay, okay. So then I I I, I personally then don't get it if he's just going to be in a full time manager role. Then again, we don't know for sure if that's going to be the case. If it is, I really think it would be a waste because I think he, he's he's shown that he's got, he's got more gas left in the tank. All right, great. I'm not, I'm not going to argue with you because I'm going to waste my breath. Your feelings seem hurt. No, I'm not. I'm excited about this. I just know you, whatever I say, you're going to hate on it. There you go, chugging your hater rate some more. So let's. Uh... And again, this is not be, me being an AW Mark. I was just okay. criticizing right, Tony Mark. I was just anyway. criticizing you did a Tony great Con job last before. week with um, Ruthless Lala. I hear you're back with a new edition of Hollywood's Corner. Yes, buddy. I have this week Canada's only, only, only drag queen wrestler. Ladies and gentlemen, give it up for Alice Star. Alice. How you doing? Hey, different look. Thank you. Yeah. No, um, this was me. I spent a lot of time on this. I th- probably this is like four hours of maybe five hours getting myself ready. I want to look perfect for you. So here I am. <laughs> Wait, that took five hours to do. No, no, I'm <laughs> kidding. I'm kidding. No, 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 no. Uh, if I want to look a, a bit more pretty, uh, I usually have it around two hours now, uh, a little less depending on if I, uh, if it's urgent, but, uh, no, uh, definitely not five hours. That would probably not be worth it. You know, you never know. I mean, listen, I'm an actor myself, so I go through quite a bit of wardrobe and makeup myself. So any end, it could be worth it. Could be worth it. All right. So I want to dive in here. Um, so you're Canada's only drag queen wrestler. Uh, does that, I mean, you advertise that clearly on Instagram. So you, that's something you, you must be proud of. Uh does that does that play into any mindset at all? It's like when you're out there into the wrestling world, is 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 there even been any more sense? Are you are you trying to inspire others? Like, what's the whole setup here? Yeah, I mean that's a great question. Um, and, and the way I like to answer it is that um, I'm not setting out to do anything other than entertain myself and other people. Um, I don't particularly have an agenda. I think that's a mis like a preconceived notion that I'm coming out and I'm, oh, you know, LGBTQ issues, this and that. Now, don't get me wrong. Those are things that are very near and dear to my heart, but uh, that's not what I'm doing when I'm out there. I, you know, I want to make sure that I'm entertaining people and at the core, that's what I'm doing uh, and I want to do moving forward. So if people get inspired by what I'm doing, that's amazing. And I'm really proud that I was able to do something like that. But otherwise, you know, at the end of the day, if someone leaves uh, you know, the show that I'm working and, and they remember and they had a good time. That's all I wanted. Do you, now, I mean, when you, when you say like you're the only one, I mean, especially with, um, you know, you're not necessarily the only drag queen out there in the world, uh, especially in Canada, you know, does, does that hold like any weight at all for you as a performer being the only one? Uh, maybe if I thought about it more, um, you know, <laughs> maybe if I thought about no that, pressure, I, sorry, <laughs> you awaken something in me. Um, no, in, in all honesty, um, I, I don't know if I feel that much pressure because a lot of the time I, I'm more so just trying to navigate the, the wrestling world as such a hyper feminine character and, and a character that hasn't particularly, you know, been seen in the wrestling world, uh, to the extent that I'm doing it, um, at, at least particularly in Canada. A lot of people pull back like gold dust and there's a lot of other wrestlers that are very close um cassandro in, in mexico but um for me um 
I don't think that it puts any pressure on me to be some sort of figurehead of drag wrestling or anything like that. Um, at the end of the day, uh, I, again, like I said, I just want to entertain. And if other drag queens like what I'm doing and fans like what I'm doing, that's cool with me. Uh, if they don't, don't, then you're going to left getting left behind because this is what I'm doing anyways. No, I love it. I absolutely respect it. You know, uh, it, it sounds like, you know, just from talking to you right now, I mean, you just, you just want to perform. You're a performer. That's, it. Uh, th- that's how you view yourself as. A- mm-hmm. And, you know, anything else is, I guess, a little bit extra. Yeah, exactly. No, for me, um, I actually have a background in entertaining. So so I, I, I toured in a rock and roll band for four years. Um, I, I grew up being a musician. I love performing. Um, even generations in my family, we got people uh, on both sides of my family in vaudeville. And people that don't know what vaudeville is, it's essentially like, a traveling a sideshow act of sorts where you get actors. And for me, my great, great, whatever it was, was a juggler. And we have his old juggling sticks and some of the old vaudeville posters. And on the other side, violinist passing it down. My grandmother was a, uh, an organ player in the church. My grandfather played guitar. My brother plays guitar. My second cousin was a rapper. You know, I, I just feel like it's in my blood a little bit not particularly destiny because I don't really believe in that. Um, but I think there's something that I, I feel very connect. Like there's something that connects me to entertaining for sure. So then why wrestling? I mean, you, you mentioned before, you know, rock and roll uh, sing, like, you know, you, you have a musical background there. And of course, you know, with music and vaudeville, I mean, this just all ties into wrestling, but so why wrestling for you though? Yeah, so um, for me, wrestling has always been something I cared about since a little kid. The way I actually discovered wrestling or really my, my love for it um, flourished was with the SmackDown versus Raw video game uh, that came out. <laughs> Believe it or not. Which like, one? Uh, the first one. The first one, okay. Um, yeah, the very first one. I think it was what, 2006, 2007, maybe that one. Something like that. It was a good one, if I remember correctly. It was, it was, oh, yeah, it was one of my favorites, yeah. and And for me... I, I'm a huge video video game fan. I wake up at 6 a.m. sometimes to play video games. Um, like that is part of my life. And, you know, that's what got me into wrestling. I, I kind of fell out of it a little bit here and there, um, but I always loved it. It was just maybe I wasn't watching it as much. And it wasn't until maybe a couple of years ago when I started developing a character and I thought, yeah, like this works for wrestling. Wrestling and drag are the same things. You know, you're storytellers, it's performance art. At the end of the day, you have a mission and that mission is to go down and leave people happier than when they arrived. And, or at least, you know, feeling more emotion than when they arrived. And rock and roll, drag, it doesn't matter what it is. I love doing it and I love having that mission. No, I mean, as a performer myself, I can totally relate. And of course, I mean, I, wrestling is just like its own unique beast, but it, it pulls from so many different worlds in entertainment. Uh, it, it's like, you know, they say New York City is like a melting pot of different cultures. I feel like wrestling is a melting pot of uh, different forms of entertainment. And it's just a beautiful thing. Yeah, exactly. And it's evolving too, right? You, you go to a wrestling show, whether it be indie, WWE, AEW, New Japan, it doesn't matter. You're going to see new characters and new personas and new wrestlers that you haven't seen and you probably wouldn't have seen 
20, 30 years ago, right? Or at least in the capacity that they are and, and in the presentation that they are. You know, for me, I, I love to look back on old wrestlers, but when I'm looking at people like Adrian Street or whoever it may be that a lot of people connect me with, while I love Adrian Street's work and I think he was a fantastic wrestler and entertainer, you know, it was, it was essentially a joke, right? And I don't want to say that as a derogatory term, but it was meant to really incite some sort of almost hatred towards that kind of flamboyance. For me, I think it also should be celebrated at the same time. Um, so yeah, there's a lot of aspects to wrestling and it's evolving for sure. No, absolutely. And it, it's evolved quite a bit. It's still a weird place in the locker room. I'm sure you see like, you know, you have a blend of the old timers who think a certain way. And then you have the young blood who are more progressive in ways. Uh, how has it been for you navigating through the different locker rooms? Uh, I don't know, you know how it is in Canada. Have you performed in the United States even yet? Or Yeah, I have. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I've been, um, I, I've performed with a, a quite a few promotions in, in the United States, uh, Toronto, Pennsylvania and um, New Jersey and uh, uh, New York. Um, okay. And, and so Honestly, the vibe is, is pretty much similar throughout. Uh, I think a lot of people are a little taken aback because they don't see this type of uh, look often. <laughs> Generally, I get good responses. I'm sure, yeah, you know, like I run into people all the time that um, don't particularly care for what I do. And that's okay. Um, I don't really care. I'm not doing it for you then. Anyways, <laughs> I, I get people saying, you know, maybe my, the, I don't think my fans are quite ready for it or I want to keep it family friendly, or those types of things, which don't really make sense to me. Because generally, you know, I'm wearing more clothing than the male or female wrestlers combined. That's true. Uh, <laughs> and, you know, I'm not always just walking down and shaking my butt and my tukus and, and doing all that kind of stuff. Like I love that you just said tukus, by the way. Major props. <laughs> <laughs> I'm adding it into my repertoire every single sentence that I say now. So please do. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I'm going to try and get everybody on the edge of their seat, you know, right on their the the back of their tukus. And uh, yeah. Pop. Uh, but no, no, honestly, yeah, you get all types of people and types of reactions. But um, for me, uh, I just try to be me. And if people don't care for it, that's cool. Um, and when people love it, those are the people I gravitate towards. No, absolutely. I mean, again, you know, we, we have different promotions out here, especially in the States that I know of. Actually, you're my first Canadian guest, actually. Wow, I just noticed that right I love now. the honor. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, the different promotions that are more progressive than others, for sure, that are more welcoming to the LGBTQ community plus community, excuse me. How is there any difference between uh, Canada as far as the crowd in the locker room there, as far as like them welcoming open arms as opposed to the United States, or has it been about the same? Honestly, I think it's about the same. I haven't, uh, I'll, I'll choose my words wisely. I haven't particularly gone into the South of America, uh, not South America, but you know, Southern yeah. States um, <laughs> right. where, uh, you know, I, I'd imagine that my, my experience is going to be a little bit different. And, and that's nothing against the people in, in the Southern states. I'm sure they're completely lovely and, and it's going to be, uh, I'm going to be welcomed with open arms by a lot of people, but at the same time, you know, it's just going to change a little bit region to region, but overall, I think people gravitate, gravitate towards drag in a lot of ways. Um, you know, they've, even though they don't really know what drag is, they do. They've seen Bugs Bunny in drag. They've seen Dame Edna. They've seen, you know, they know what drag is. And at the end of the day, it doesn't matter where you're from. It's 
almost always entertaining. I mean, in the early days of entertainment, you look at Shakespeare, even like women exactly. weren't allowed to act at that point. So you had you had this essentially drag performers then. Yeah, drag drag has been it's seeped into everything, everything that you can think of. Of course, there's musicians that perform in drag. You know, it doesn't matter where, but drag is just such a universal thing. And it's it's just becoming more and more mainstream because people are finally understanding it. You know, I, I want to fully agree with you. At the same time, I do know personally different people that would say no. Uh, I mean, you just look here in the United States. I don't know how closely you follow the news of the United States, but you have, as you mentioned before, oh, yeah. about Southern states, you know, that are placing rules, uh, laws against the LGBTQ plus community, uh, yeah. especially with cross-gender performers. Uh, or I'm sorry, athletes, if you will. Sure, yeah. I mean, trans trans athletes are that's a hot subject for sure. And uh, I'm I'm not going to put my two cents in because you know it's it's going to be a whole long discussion about that. Totally. Um, but at the at the end of the day, I think people just have to understand that you are not the center of the universe, and there are people that are different than you, and people that live life differently, and. Uh, also stop taking it too seriously. (laughs) You know, like, like, you know, if I took things too seriously, I wouldn't look like this today. Right. You know, like calm down, enjoy what you love, do what you love and just go down that path. And life's going to be fine for you. Don't care about anything else. That's, that's what really what we should all be doing at the end of the day. You know, Alice, uh, I, I couldn't have said it best. You know, that is a beautiful message that you said out there. Uh, that no, I, I think it's best to leave it off at that. That's an inspiring message there to everyone out there who uh, they think they might be a little different. I mean, hell, it's a wrestling community. We're all a little different, right? We're all carnies. <laughs> you know, we're all people that are not necessarily the fringe society, but we're people that like unique things. Wrestling is unique. Uh, it's, a, it's a somewhat mainstream thing, but, you know. We're wrestling fans. You don't often say that out loud, uh, but hopefully, you know, the world is changing and we can say it loud and proud. Amen to that. Well, Alistair, thank you so much for dropping by for Shot of Wrestling. Uh, do you have any promotions coming up at all? So I've uh, I paused bookings until June, but uh, after that, I'm going to be booked solid all the rest of the year. And there's some really special projects uh, that uh, are in the works. So just stick to uh, my Instagram and where can they find you on Instagram? At official Alistar with two R's. Beautiful. Once again, Alistar, it was lovely having you. Thank you so much for stopping by. We hope to have you again soon. In the meantime, let's get to TV Takedown. It's time for this week's TV Takedown. And thank you again to Alistar. My first Canadian on the show, man. No way, eh? You know, eh, eh. <laughs> first Canadian, first drag queen on the show uh, for me to interview. Hopefully uh, the not the last. Person. Hopefully not the last. No, Alice Starr, more than welcome to come back. Can't wait to see what she does as she comes back to the States uh, over the summer. She missed the biggest question, uh, What's that? How did she spell Canada? I knew I missed something. I knew I missed something. You had to ask Canadians how they spell Canada, because the answer should be C-A-N-A-D-A. Alistar, are you listening? That is Michael J. Putty. You can find him at Michael J. Putty. Uh, kick his ass. <laughs> I'd love to see it. Me too. Anywho, 
Putty, we're here for TV Takedown. I'm going to let you start off, man. I know you, I usually start off. I, I want to I want to hear what you got to say about this week. Again, this is much love, respect to you. Love you like a brother. Yeah. Yeah. My show. Shut, shut the fuck up. I'll start the <laughs> sh- I'm going to start the show off. I'm going to start off this week. I have several things to talk about, but um, encompassing the entire week, I thought it was a great week. Surprisingly, for the last several what years we've talked about, the lack of emphasis on tag teams in WWE, this week has been a great, great week for tag teams. Building up to this great unification match between RK Bro and the Usos. Usos, again, no secret, my favorite tag team. They had a great build on Raw, leading to the Usos against my second favorite tag team, Street Profits. Great tag team match for the main event of Raw. The crowd was really into this match. Several, this is awesome chance. These guys work very well together. We saw that a year or two ago on SmackDown. I mentioned it earlier. Usos, Street Profits, great tag team match. That I was following RK Bro against Chad Gable and Otis, the Alpha Academy. Following up the next night, the main event in NXT was a tag team gauntlet match to crown the new NXT tag team champions. Creed Brothers lasted almost 30 minutes. Went from number one to the last match. Very impressive showing by them. Obviously, the people at NXT are huge on the Creed Brothers. They're pushing them to the moon. And pretty deadly, a team I don't know much about from NXT UK, won the match, won the titles, I should say, on their very first match at NXT. That's a huge, huge push for them. Then we saw tonight, SmackDown opened with a big uh, promo leading up to this match. I'm looking forward to this match and WrestleMania Backlash. Again, give RK Rowe against the Usos to unify the tag teams. I think... I think the tide's turning with tag teams in WWE. So, yeah, I mean, hey, I'm not going to disagree here. Uh, WWE is putting more of an emphasis on tag teams than, we've se- than we're used to seeing from WWE. So, great job on that. Uh, tag team wrestling, listen, when it's done right, it's a beautiful thing. And you can tell stories of tag team wrestling as we're seeing uh, here. But, you know, you, you were touching on something with the unification of the titles. Uh, RK Bro versus the Usos, I think that's going to be a spectacular match. They're, they're definitely building this to be, seems like they're building this to possibly be the main event, actually, Has for WrestleMania Backlash. So what's going on here? So we have Roman <coughs> Reigns. It looks like he's taking time off, like, definitely to heal up the shoulder. So he's, they, they unified the belts here uh, for the World Heavyweight Championship and the Universal Championship. They're going to unify the belts here for the Tag Team Championship. Are we going to see then a unification then of the United States and Intercontinental Championship? What's going on here, buddy? I thought about that. I hope not because it's you had the WWE Universal Championship. You had the Tag Team Championships. Similar look. Intercontinental yeah. Championship and the U.S. Championship. Very different, distinct looks. Very, very historic, distinct histories. And then what about the women's championships? I don't think I don't think you can unify those. The women's championship. You don't think so? I don't think you can unify them yet, based on what you just did with the main titles and the tag team titles. I don't, I don't, I don't see them unifying them against the women's roster. Like, what, what, kind what, of... what, what is the purpose of unifying the titles? Right? Is it just storyline for the for the bloodline, or is this more of a business decision to kind of like combine rosters of you, or to just like, hey, listen. We, we, we got rid of a lot of talent here. It doesn't necessarily make sense to have all these championships. Are we just condensing championships championships to have them mean more and have them on both rosters? Like, what? That's, that's what I'm curious to see. Like, what's going on here from WWE? What, what, what do you think? No. That's an or question. Yeah. 
Um, from what I read this week, they don't even know. From wow. what I read this week, they're not sure what the main event picture is going to be. Is Roman Reigns going to defend the title on both shows? Is Roman Reigns going to defend each title on each own show? Right now, they don't even know, allegedly. And this tag team title picture is just a band-aid, not only for the heel Roman Reigns, but for them to make up their minds. Again, I could be totally wrong. A lot of wrestling reports we read online are wrong. But this uh, one seems seems to make sense. So, again, I've been talking it about just, like a week or two ago. I'm curious what the future holds for them. And the fact that they don't even know, I'm curious how that plays out. I think it would make the most sense, though, to unify all the titles right now. Because, as we said... You know, the roster isn't as diverse. Diverse? Is that the word I want to use? Or vast. Vast is the word I want to use here. It's not as vast as it once was with all the cuts that happened within the last few years. You know, so I think if anything, you know, unifying these championships, they would definitely mean a lot more. And you would open things up to more fresh storylines, if you will. I'm opposed to unifying the main titles because, again, I think it takes away all from of them. Of, I think takes away from a lot of other people. Talked about a lot of time in the past. I'm not going to go into that again. But the tag team titles, I felt Raw has done a great, great job, kind of rebuilding, reestablishing their tag team division. Something SmackDown has not done. I look up online the SmackDown roster to find out tag teams. It's going to be the Usos, Los Lotharios, and Cricket Noises. But on Raw, <laughs> they did a good job building that. And not only building it, but making it a main focal point. And I mentioned a couple weeks ago, it was the main event of Raw for like three, four weeks in a row. So unifying yeah, the tag team titles. Randy Orton. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So unifying the tag team titles, I'm not opposed to, until, at least until they built them some sort of depth to that roster. But I think they got to do the same with the women's division, honestly. I mean, we were just looking before at, at what's trending to see, like, you know, who the top face, the top heels are for the brand. And it's. We're only talking about six women here, pretty much. Yeah, so that means... Uh, on, on Raw. So that means, like, so, Carmella, Lena Vega, Dewdrop will never crack into the main event title picture because it's so in, it's so dense with Charlotte, Becky Lynch, Bailey when she returns, Sasha Banks. Alexa Bliss when she returns. Alexa Bliss, and then you got Bianca Belair. It's going to be those six women battling for the title. And, and then, you mean what? You have two titles. So, like... You condense it to one, it, it, it opens worse. things up a lot more. No, it makes it worse because then no, make, no one's going to get out. It makes it worse? Yeah. Because then you have two women. You get, now yeah. you have Bianca Belair and Charlotte Flair. If it's only one title, only one woman gets to be champion, and only those six women are going to battle it out, which means the mid tier character, mid, it, which, which means the mid roster doesn't get a chance to break through to the main event picture. Again, calls for for the last six years, give me a mid card title, please. Give us a mid-card title. I mean, and it also does free up the tag team division for the women. And, oh, you know, true, yeah. like, and, and not for nothing, like, we are just talking about before how cool it would be to re- see Rhea Ripley versus Liv Morgan and a nice fresh storyline without any title uh, title championship at stake here. You know, it, let's let's have the women compete more than once in a show for more more than just like the women's championship or the women's tag team championship. You know, let them have storylines. Let, let them develop into something here. It should be just the best of the best, and I think the women are hungrier than the guys for the most part. So just because it's one championship doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be worse. I think, if anything, it could, again, freshen things up as far as other storylines and, and see who really is going to rise to the top there. 
Mark, we talked about all night. I think we're disagreeing here. Let's move on. What's your takedown this week? So I'm torn between two, really. Uh, you know, the whole Wardlow, uh, Wardlow and MJF storyline is intriguing me a lot. You know, uh, the past couple of weeks, you know, you, you, we all understand that Wardlow is not under AEW contract. He's under MJF's contract. And we have seen Wardlow tearing up the locker room uh, and creating quite a bit of mayhem and, uh, you know, causing some trouble for MJF's life and Sean Spears. Well, yeah. Uh, Sh- Sean Dean is benefiting from this, of course. But uh, put, put, know, put, dude, put respect on his name. It's Captain Sean Captain. Dean. Excuse me, I'll, I will stand correct. Captain Sean Dean, do Wardlow? They are building up to be a huge deal for AEW, aren't they? Uh, that's yes. what we're looking forward to see here. To see, you know, exactly what comes next to the storyline of how we're going to get to. I mean, of course, we're going to eventually get to Wardlow versus MJF. Yeah, yeah, it has to happen. And, and we all kind of projected that was going to be the next storyline, the next big storyline here for MJF after moving on from CM Punk. Uh, the writings were on the wall there. Dude, like, what? what is MJF's uh, – I'm sorry, not MJF. What is Wardlow's ceiling here? He, he could be AEW's Batista in my eyes. What do you think about that? <laughs> Again, that's twice now. You mentioned a couple weeks ago. Please do not besmirch the name of the soon-to-be Hall of Famer Batista by comparing him to, to Wardlow. Yet, I feel like Wardlow is on that trajectory, and this is a great storyline here, one of the – main storylines I'm invested in. They're doing a great job. Slow burn because they just had their pay-per-view. This is a pay-per-view quality match that should wait a little bit. Give me wait two and a half, two months for the next pay-per-view because this is a pay-per-view quality match if not main event worthy. Yeah, I feel like there's a lot of different ways to go here with it. You know, of course, like, you know, we ended off the shot in a segment of like Wardlow tearing down the camera saying, you know, release me. Yeah. Then you get MJF giving him a match. So, he has a match against I don't remember offhand. You know, eventually he's gonna go he's gonna go through Sean Spears as well. So like dude, like M- MJF, man, like, you know, of course he's he's the guy in AEW for sure. Wardlow is the surprise, I think. You know, Wardlow like you know, when I first looked at him, I was like, all right, he's just another big guy, another bodyguard type, another uh like B character, if you will. Yeah, of course. Uh but but this is all like Kudos to whoever came up with this storyline. And we've, it's not like a new storyline. We've seen something like this happen before. We've oh, seen it with Diesel. We've seen it with Batista. Seen with everybody. Uh, we've even seen it with Sid Vicious. Like, you know, it, it, it works. It's wrestling one-on-one. It went, yeah. went done right. Yeah. And, like, they're building Wardlow up to be, like, you know, a breakout guy here in AEW. This, this is his breakout year, I think. It has to be. Yeah, of course. So far, so good. And, again, it's going to be a slow burn. To this match because again this is a pay per view quality match. They only have four pay per views a year, so we have some time to kill. And so far, it's been a good pace. Uh, another thing I was talking about is uh, former AW stars now in WWE's Cody Rhodes going against Seth Rollins in a rematch at WrestleMania Backlash. You know they stole the show together the first time at WrestleMania. Uh, great chemistry there. Uh, I'm looking forward to see how they top that, or if they could even top that. They can. They can. Can't wait. Yeah, you think they can. I, I don't necessarily know how, but I, at least yeah. now we're getting more of a storyline going into it. Is Seth Rollins losing his heel status? I feel like, I feel like he's getting more cheers lately. Yeah, because he's awesome. The outfits, the character itself, his promos, everyone's just loving him. It doesn't help or hurt, depending on your point of view. 
that the audience sings along to his theme songs, and when the song's over, he right. he orchestrates the the audience to sing along. So I'm not sure if that helps or hurts him, but he is a heel here. I mean, remember when Randy Orton was such a good heel? Yeah. When Randy Orton was such a good heel, when he was part of a legacy, right? Like he was like like sinister. He was evil. He was sick and sadistic. But he was he got so good at being a heel that the fans had no choice but to start cheering him. And then eventually he turned on on Legacy and became a face, which is something we weren't really seeing happening there. Yeah. Uh we didn't see that it could happen at that point because he was just so evil. I'm starting to see the similar vibe here with Seth Rollins, if you will. I mean, like again, like this is probably the most sick and sadistic version we've seen of Seth Rollins, but the fans are eating it up, they're cheering him. Uh, the game behind him. Did you remember, uh, is you this not, inevitable you, at this point right now? Do you not remember when he took out Rey Mysterio's eye? Right, right. Maybe that's next in line. I just the crowd's behind him, but don't turn him face just because of crowd reaction. If you turn him face, I don't. I think the crowd will turn on him again. Mm. Just keep things status quo. He's doing a great job. Crowd's enjoying it. Let's see where it goes. I with you. I, I hate when WWE does that because they did that with Randy Orton. If they kept Randy Orton the same during that run while the fans are cheering him like they're kind of like the same type of character uh it would have worked but he then he started like turning into like i don't know a smiling randy orton a happy randy orton which didn't necessarily work at that point and it doesn't seem like he was too into it if they keep seth rollins the same throughout but as a face that could work we shall see what, what does that mean for cody Rhodes? yeah he's with well, the fans turning cody Rhodes again Ah oh, man, it'll be interesting to see. I'm pumped for the match show itself. It doesn't matter what the characters are going to be, man. They have just amazing chemistry yeah. in that ring. If they could somehow top what they did at WrestleMania, man, like, I think they're they can. for a treat. But yeah, that's all I have for TV Takedown, buddy. So let me wrap things up real quick. We record the show on Fridays, we post on Sundays. So this will be the last time you hear my voice before Impact's Rebellion pay per view. Overall, for the last couple weeks, I think they've done a great job building up to this pay per view. The card looks stacked. They're building up to it very nicely. Last edition with WrestleMania weekend, Taya Valkyrie returning to challenge Deanna Peraza, which in and of itself is a great match. I think it was anniversary. Now we're going to see that again. Part two, they had a great promos against Moose. Great promos with Joss Alexander. Impact, great job building towards the pay-per-view. The second major pay-per-view of the year. The next Saturday, can't wait. Impact's just killing it right now. Yeah, I mean, Impact has been on the rise for the last few years now. I, I love the roster that they have right now, man. Yeah. Uh, it, it's just nothing but A-list talent all around that, that doesn't necessarily get their shine. It, it's it's like the equivalent of like a, a young NFL team that has this surprisingly good record. You look at the talent, it's not necessarily like, you know, an all-star talent on there, but it's just a bunch of like really good players that are on the rise and are going to be something special. I, I love especially their women's roster. I think it's just fantastic. Uh, it might help the fact that, like you know, we know some of them from the indie level, and we've gotten seen them, you know, firsthand what they can do, and seeing them escalate that and, and uh, on TV is dope. But even the guys, man, the guys that like you know we don't know or we've gotten to know different channels, getting their second chances there, they're they're doing a great job. Mark, probably we could be here all night. Let's get in some go home thoughts. What do you have for me? No baby yet, right? Your wife's good. Water's still intact. 
so far so good. good. It, it's pretty much we're pretty much at the point like it's going to be any day now. So I okay. uh, don't know how much going out I'm going to be doing. <laughs> uh, it's going to be a very interesting time. But well, you said that that's why we're now Tuesday. This past Tuesday, Pink's yeah, Karaoke hosted by AJ Pan. Now I think I can say our guiding light might be the last hurrah for you as a single man. Um, not a single man. Um, a babyless father, I should say. Yeah, I guess that's the term. I, I feel like there's I, a better term weird. for it. It sounds weird saying that. I think it's a more correct yeah. term, but whatever. Like not a father? No. Yeah. But technically you are. Anyway, we had a good time I, Tuesday. Yeah, Pink's yeah. hosted by AJ Pan. If you're free on Tuesday nights, 8 to 12, Head out to the Lower East Side. AJ Pan puts on a great show. Another event that I want to mention here, I won't be able to make it attendance for, but I recommend you should. We Titan Championship Wrestling will be hosting Blunt Force Trauma in New Jersey. Uh, it's going to be a really great show there. My boy Rick Recon will be fighting. And also, they'll be working collaboration with BCW as the BCW Women's Champion. Ruthless Lala will be defending the gold for the first time against Luscious Latasha. That should be a stellar match. Looking forward to it. Looking forward to see it on YouTube. Putty, what are your thoughts as well? Where are you going thoughts? I think we talked about it ever since you, you debuted in the show. You're big into storytelling. Totally. You've gone on and on about your thoughts and perspective about storytelling. Mm-hmm. Well, this past week, I feel like, is a master class on things you should listen to. Ooh, okay. Eric Bischoff was on After the Bell podcast with Corey Graves. It was 45, 43 minutes. So if you have time, I know you're a busy man now with the baby on the way. But there's a good chunk of that podcast episode that they talked about storytelling and hearing Eric Bischoff talk about the, the, the meaning and purpose of storytelling. Well worth a listen to. Check that out. Today I got um, home from work. I had some time to kill. We got out of work a little early because of the holiday. I decided to check out Broken Skull Sessions with Bubba Ray Dudley. Nice. When I heard he was on, I'm like, oh, that's somebody I want to listen to because I want to hear his perspective on his TNA career. Again, buddy, huge into storytelling. And just to hear him tell his point of view is something I think you would appreciate. So definitely check out Bubba Ray Dudley on Broken Skull oh, Sessions. Totally. It's not that long. It's, like, it's an hour, hour and a half. I know your time is limited. I could probably split that up. Yeah. Speaking of storytelling, something I got behind is, well, my wife. Got, got involved into it too, uh, watching WWE Evil on oh, Peacock. Okay. Uh, started streaming, uh, I think, three or four episodes I saw. Both of us very much into it, man. Getting, like, you know, following the character and the evolution of these characters and the, psycho, uh, the psychological uh, aspect to it, oh, how they took on these characters and what they did uh, was very compelling, dude. It was very interesting, especially if you're a storyteller or entertainer. Yeah, you don't even have to be a wrestling fan. Like, my wife, again, I say it all the time, like, she hates wrestling. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, she found this aspect uh, very intriguing. They even had Dr. Phil talking about it. <laughs> like, the, the psychological aspect of, like, why people gravitate towards uh, the bad guys. Uh, it was, it's, it's pretty cool. Again, storytelling, character development 101, and just, you know, Following the successful people on what made them tick, I find all, all those things fascinating. Check it out on Peacock, WWE's Evil, produced and narrated by John Cena. I think it got renewed for season two, so I'm looking forward to what other characters they tell the story about. That's good because there are a few, like, you know, I was thinking of, oh, this would be a good one, but I didn't see them, their name on a list. It's like, okay, cool. So there's season two. That, that's awesome. Marcus, where can people find you on social media? Again, 
as if you don't know by now, but you can find me on your favorite All my social media links are on there. Uh, you can also find shot of wrestling on there. You can find my uh, interviews that I've had on there as well. Yeah, guys, you can find shot of wrestling, all forms of social media, like subscribe, rate us, please. For the love of God, we definitely could use it. Uh, if you want to see us keep on going, if you want to see us evolve in different ways, you know, we, we always look to find ways to switch up the show. Let us know. Let us know what you think. Are we getting stale? Do you want to switch up some segments here? Give us give us your thoughts. We're curious. March 1 has been a pleasure, buddy, as always. Yeah, hope, dude. I hope to see you next week. I, I can't wait to see what you, uh, what you got my baby here. Best of luck to you and your wife. And again, Thank hope you, to see dude. you next week. Hopefully, dude. And uh, to our loyal listeners, if I am not back next week, that means my baby is born. Uh, that doesn't necessarily mean it's goodbye. It, it is. is. It is. It's, it's fine. See you soon. So for Hollywood, Mark Schwann, for Alice Starr, and your good friend Henry Beckman, I've been your host at Muggery Putty. Until next week, Putty out. Hey, baby, I hear the bell ring in hip tosses and body slams. Oh, my. And maybe you seem a bit confused. Yeah, baby. But I got you pinned. Ha, 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 But I don't know what to do when I see them with that golden case. They're cashing it in. Authority all in my face. What is a man to do? Good night, everybody. <laughs>